the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week's guest is Kat, a trans female streamer, student, and musician. Did you always know you were trans, or um, what were some of the signs along the way, looking back? Yeah, I guess I did have signs when I was younger, but like it wasn't until like high school that I was kind of like struggling really with it, like dysphoria and whatnot. Like there was a time like in high school where I really felt so strongly that I was bi-gender, like I could just be happy with either or. Of course, that wasn't the case, and eventually I I had to come out, you know, I, I had to let people know who I was. It wasn't until I was 21 that I actually started hormones, and I'm 25 now. Yeah, I think just the uh, feeling terrible <laughs> was my sign. <laughs> like, I'd feel good for a month, and then I'd have a month where I was just like, yeah, I don't feel right in my body. I just feel something needs to change, you know. You said that you came out at 21? Yes, as okay. trans, right? And I came out at 18 as bi-gender, which I felt was how I was. But after so much time has passed and I've been in transition, I feel like that was kind of like just uh, me trying to reason in a way, like not transitioning. <laughs> we did talk a little bit before, and you had mentioned that this was a, that when you came out the first time, there were they caused some repercussions. There were some issues that happened after that that made your coming out as trans more difficult. Who did you come out to right. first when you, were, when you were 18, and how did that go? I had my first girlfriend when I was 18. I wasn't much of a player, mm-hmm. but uh, she was the first person that I came out to. I remember finding the word by gender, and I was like, that's me. That, like, defines how I have been feeling for the past like four six years and uh it just felt so right that after I came out to her and after I was you know had support and I you know felt confident in it I started coming out to my friends like one by one and uh everyone was you know everyone was good they were just like hey that's who you are cool beans (laughs) great and were you were you able to present as female sometimes i mean it more so came out like how i acted i I didn't really like dress differently or yeah i mean i i could but i just didn't really choose to i was still like kind of closeted i guess besides like the few friends that knew it took a few years it wasn't until i like came out as trans that i was really like presenting and like hey i prefer to go by she and her you Mm -hmm. know i didn't really have that when I was out as by gender. Yeah. What happened after that? Like I said, I know that, that um, after you came out to your family, there were some, some issues. And then um, I, I know that coming out as transgender was sort of taken away from you. Can you talk about that? Basically, I had come out to all my friends, and I was really working up to coming out to my family. And for some reason, like, my grandparents came over. Like, I had like extended family there when I was like working up to it you know mm-hmm. so it was just like so much out of stress and I was really like uh pacing a lot I was just really like in a stressful mindset and um my parents thought you know something was like wrong like 
severely like they they wanted me to get help and i ended up uh getting sent to circles of care which is like a mental health facility mm-hmm. and if if i had just like had someone to talk to someone to come out to like i probably wouldn't have broken down when i got in there but i had like a full-on panic attack when i got in there and i ended up like i i came out to people that i didn't even know and mm-hmm. it was just uh it was just a real bad time and i ended up getting stuck in there for a few weeks and that's how my family ended up finding out that i was trans like i was right on the verge of coming out to them but they found out through me being sent to circles of care that i was trans and i still remember like when i got out my dad like came into my room and he's like hey uh you know it's okay if you're gay and i'm like dad dad i'm not gay i'm trans he's like oh okay (laughs) and i had to like explain to him what that meant but uh my family was all supportive i wish i could have come out on my own Mm -hmm. it was like i said it was kind of taken from me but my family's been been great like i haven't felt i haven't felt bad about anything in relation to them i very shortly after went to um, see a gender therapist so Mm. I could get approved for uh, hormone treatment because I just knew after that experience, like, this is something I need to do. Okay. Like, I'm not going to be happy if I try to stay as my male self. Like, it's just not going to be a happy life for me. And I spent a lot of time trying to, like, you know, weigh the, like, will I be happier this way? Will I be happier this way? And I just never saw, like, a reality where I would be happy as trying to be my male self. (laughs) Well, um, I had intended to work it into the conversation, but one of the things that we did talk about and I really loved in our initial chat was your philosophy of of dealing with people and what, what you kind of looked at them as from your video game perspective. You view the world as NPCs, as for the, those who are not super into video games, is the non-playable characters, the characters that in the game essentially don't matter. Yeah, I mean, you have to take that <laughs> in doses, but if you're going outside and you're just like, you know, you have dysphoria so badly, you don't want to dress a certain way or whatever it may be, like, you just got to take, like, when I go to the store, it's like, you know what's going to happen. You're going to go in there, you're going to get your car full and you're going to go to the front and that cashier is going to ask you the same question they ask you every time like an npc how is your day dang that's the one question you have to answer oh man my day is just fabulous thank you for asking (laughs) npc dialogue Uh like figure out figure out what is npc dialogue in your world and you take out a lot of the stress You take out so much because there's so many things that are just predictable. Mm. I love this idea of just thinking of as background, unimportant characters. You're never going to see these people again. They, they they don't matter. But I love, I, I just love that that tweak and that perspective of they're they're just NPCs. They're just there to add more depth and character to the game. But they're they're inconsequential to your story. You can't worry about what that dialogue is or or you know. Um, what what comes of it, what they think of you, because they're they're inconsequential to the story. Do we have another question? 
So uh, coming out to family are our mini bosses and uh, yourself the end boss. I think the um, your spouse is the end boss. What was Circles of Care like? What was the point of that facility? Is it just a mental health thing? And, and what was it like for you being in there? Yeah, I did not feel uh, very <laughs> safe in there. There was definitely a lot of people that were like actually out of their mind mm. in that facility. And like my first day there, like I did not have any clue that I would be staying the night. And I sure as hell didn't know I'd be there for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the first night I, I like had to sleep there and there were like three other guys in the room that I, I had no idea who they were and then knew nothing about them. I didn't know like it felt like a prison almost, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> there weren't like gangs and shit, like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have but to find did, the biggest guy and really... beat him up. Yeah. It wasn't like that, but it did feel, it was really messed up. They were very quick to want to get me on medication. And there were a couple of times where, you know, I felt like that would be my only out, like the only way I would get let out. So I had to take something. And I remember standing up once and just like the whole room spun and I just smacked the floor. It was <sighs> like, they don't really think about you. They don't really like talk to you the way they should. They just are so quick to just put a stamp on you and say, yeah, there's something wrong. You need something for stress or you need something for this or whatever. No, none of the faculty really talked to me. I was just talking to the people that were there. They were 10 times more supportive than, I mean, any faculty there. I mean, all I knew of them was they wanted to get me on drugs. (laughs) It's pretty, pretty bad. Well, yeah, and I, I gotta imagine that first that first night was terrifying. That that sudden loss of control. It's it's almost like I, I don't know how people think that way. I mean, I get it. Like you want to have concern for someone, but if they really realize like what they're putting you through, then they would just try to help you themselves. Like it's like my parents. Like they had no idea what I was going through in there, but they mm-hmm. thought it was the help I needed. So I. I I don't hate them for what I went through, but <laughs> it was definitely a lot more damaging than helpful, me being put in there. Yeah, I know one of the things that I've really struggled struggled with is kind of letting go um, and fear of, of, like, regret or, you know, feeling like I went too far and, and um, I want to go back. So I've been afraid to, like, start hormones and some of, do some of the more permanent things but it sounds like for you you um, were more sure of that at least after this circles of care experience yeah definitely I mean I I definitely understand that perspective like Mm. it's scary to do like change your body and like like I don't think I would ever get any surgeries done like I'm on hormones but I would like that's such a permanent thing and if you aren't happy afterwards like what can you do you know that's it's terrifying and that's why it took me like even though I came out as by gender it took me I think I always knew in a way that I was trans but it took me so long because I was weighing the odds and I was just trying to like I didn't want to transition if I didn't have to mm-hmm. because that's life-changing <laughs> yeah it's just funny to hear you say that um, it, it took you so long to make that decision because I'm I'm 44 and I just handed in my paperwork for HRT this week so 
Um, that's something that, right. that, you know, is definitely a big point we want to make on this show and that I love hearing from a lot of other people is that everyone's transition is completely different. The transition that you do is the one that's right for you because only you can decide when you're ready for certain steps and to, to make some of these bigger decisions, to push to a level where, you know, Maybe there's there's some things you can't come back from. Like once you come out, you know you can you can back off of that. You can change your minds and you change your mind and and um, go in a different direction or just realize that maybe that wasn't right for you. Just remember that that your journey is your own and you can't judge yourself based on anybody else. We you know if you do take hormones, you you can't look at what other people look like after hormones because you have no idea what your body is going to do. You have no idea what your comfort level is going to be and how far you're going to transition. So just let it develop the way it's going to, let it unfold the way it's going to, and, and don't judge yourself against others. Since then, you know, um, how have you how have you dealt with your transition? You, you'd mentioned that you um, put together some music tracks. When I got out of Circles of Care, that was one of my outlets that I'd found. Because, like, I was really, I was angry that that happened to me. So, mm -hmm. like, one of my first tracks was, like, kind of getting over that, uh -huh. you know? And uh, just realizing that I need to come out in a way. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess it just kind of took all the bad things out of me. <laughs> that, that, that first <laughs> like track titled the... F the World? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the world. No, but uh, it's like all the bad shit just kind of... Mm -hmm poured out of me and uh i felt a lot more like myself after having made a track that i was happy with i think my most recent is it's like from a year or two ago and that was like the last track that i had where it was in relation to me feeling by gender and uh. stuff but that's where like <laughs> my rap like persona came from was like weighing both sides i guess mm -hmm. Like, uh, kind of, like, putting a stamp on everything that you feel is female and male. I'm like, you gotta not do that, but <laughs> it did, helps in a way. Yeah, did you, did um, you kind of find, when you identified as by gender, did you feel some of that same stuff that I was talking about, that, that kind of, that um, fear and ability to let go of, of your masculine side until you realize that, no, the, the feminine side is really what I want to, to dive full into? When I felt by gender, I think I was trying to hold on to both. And I think I did hold on a lot of that, but I don't I don't consider certain parts of me masculine or certain parts of me feminine, you know? Because that's when I was by gender, that's what it was all about. It was like self analyzing. Uh -huh. It was like damaging self analyzing because I would just wanna make each thing like is this for my male side is this for my female side you know mm. and, and everything had to be quantified and, and and qualified into a, into a certain box right and i think a lot of trans people do that but mm. i just kind of had a different word for it yeah that's a it's an interesting um approach to it for me it was i thought i was a, a cross-dresser and that was a, a big improvement from where I thought I was before, which was I just thought was like like some kinky freak, um, you know, who had a who had a obsession with women's panties and then women's clothes. And I feel like a lot of trans people come through that path, but I think probably an equal amount of them come from the the bi gender path, where they realize it's something more that that it's actually um, gender based, but mm -hmm. um, they don't. Yeah, you know, they, they're just everyone... not ready to let go of that yet. I think everyone has that period where they're just like 
they think it's a kink or something mm-hmm. and you're like that's what makes you really want to hide it too yes that's what makes it hard to come out mm-hmm. because you feel like it's sex related when it's really not like the mm-hmm. yeah that was something that i've that i've been struggling with recently I, for some reason just very recently um and maybe it's because of this show maybe because i've i'm being so public with it that um, I'm kind of bumping into some things interestingly in my own head and one of the Mm -hmm. things was you know the fact that the idea of transitioning completely to a woman still turns me on in 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 like in a sexual way and that is right exactly what you're talking about like that that is the quickest thing that we jump to that that is invalidating because it's like, oh, it's just I'm just a freak. I just have this kink and this this fetish. It's not real, and I don't know why. Even this late in the game for me, I'm my my brain is still trying to find that negative negativity and cling to it. Those things that 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 pr- that prove opposite, that prove against what I'm trying to be. <laughs> it's a bad human habit. We mm-hmm. hold on to things that kind of go against our happiness in a way, and. Uh... Yeah, I can relate to that somewhat, mm-hmm. but I think I've kind of grown past it, I guess, now that I've transitioned and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's one of the things that I've heard too, and I'm I, why I'm, even though I'm kind of, I've been nervous, I've been a little afraid, I'm still pushing forward with the HRT because I've heard a lot of people say that once you start down that process, then everything starts to align more and you start feeling more like you. And the, oh, yeah. the the doubt part of it starts to, to ease. Yeah, it doesn't just help you physically. It helps you mentally. You know, you're going to feel more right. <laughs> if it's the right choice, you're going to know, like, you're going to be happy. You're going to be like, this is, this is me. Yeah. I see a rather large and recognizable symbol behind you. Um, what is your take on the yin-yang philosophy and... Uh, how is it applied to your life? I mean, yin yang is so important. I mean, it's kind of like, in a way, like I found that after like coming out as bi gender, and it really helped me with that because, like, I mean, the whole point of yin yang is like you got the yin, the black side, which is feminine, femininity, and like darkness, and then you got yang, which is the uh, light. Mm-hmm. And the point of it is, like, in all darkness, there's some light. So therefore, like in all feminine aspects, there's some masculine aspects, and it's just basically in everything that exists, there is a hint of its polar opposite within it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the whole point of yin yang is to like just accept like both halves, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of you know let them reflect on each other, and you know like instead of like separating everything I was kind of like starting to mesh them so mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like yin yang is just very important to me in that that way <laughs> and... like just it's more of a way of thinking it's not like a religion or anything mm-hmm. it's just something that understanding it just has really helped in a way mm-hmm. kind of ease uh, dysphoria and stuff too believe it or not yeah that makes sense because there's still there's still those parts of you and they're always going to be part of your personality you can't get rid of that and you can't just eschew it entirely and say well that's no longer a part of me because you're still the same person and yeah like we were talking before i've always tried to hold on to as well like Mm -hmm. you don't 
you can't just be like, I'm going to change. I'm going to be an entirely different person. Like, you have your character, you know? Mm-hmm. There's parts of you that, you know, you don't want to be dis- disingenuous. You don't want to be not yourself. Like, I'm just the same as I've ever been. I'm just female. Like, that's how I always try to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's like we were talking about before with the with over categorizing everything and saying, okay, this is a this is a boy activity. This is a a, a part of my my persona persona that's that's the masculine, and this this part's feminine. And as I move to being a female, then these are the things that are good, and essentially these are the things you know you'd start to feel like those are bad, and those are the things I shouldn't do, and all of that. Whereas, you know, I, you also mentioned that you just are female so those aspects of you that you were trying to categorize as as male or masculine are part of a female so yeah, they're all in and of themselves they're they're, all me. yeah <laughs> but yeah that that like categorizing and stuff it's really a self-destructive mindset not healthy <laughs> got a, a question from peach roof uh Changes in faith and attachments to alt culture seem very common in the trans community. Have you found solace in alternative cultures, religious practices, or or more risque lifestyles since transitioning? Like we have a lot of people that um, went to Fet Life or some of these other things to explore, and you know, as a way to find community, but also kind of to explore deeper into themselves. Uh, has that been the case for you? I mean, I've always looked into religion. I, I'm not religious, but I do think there's a lot you can learn from religion. There's always like a mindset. That's like what religion is. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And you can learn something from each mindset or religion. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm atheist or anything, but I just look at religion differently, mm-hmm. yeah, and I just try to I try to take something like a lesson from each one. I guess mm-hmm. another take is like religion. Like it has to make you a better person, like in some way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just I don't really see the point. Like some religions do teach awful things, you know. Mm-hmm self-destructive behaviors and the like but if you can take something from a certain religion and apply it to yourself that makes you a better person like that's all that matters Mm -hmm. that's that's the way i look at it you just gotta take what you can from it how has it it been since you know so you've, you've transitioned you're on hormones you've been at it for about four years now um how is it being out in the world now do you have a, a uh, renewed sense of confidence? Yeah, I mean, I get gendered correctly without having to say anything sometimes, and that feels really great. I'm just like, yeah, I, that's when I go back to the car and I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's happening a lot more. And um, I used to struggle so badly with social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, after a couple years, like, I really it's helped so much with that like before if you were talking to me like of like three or four years ago you would get like almost nothing out of me mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just so hard for me to talk because i'd just be so caught up in my head 
Yes. And uh, that's where a lot of social anxiety comes from. You know, you're just worrying about this or that. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important thing that's come with it is just being able to talk like a normal person, <laughs> for God's sake. Yeah, that was one thing I wasn't um, I wasn't uh, ready for was or wasn't expecting was that um, when I when I would be out and get gendered correctly, get you know I would get a ma'am or a miss or something like that. Um, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for how elated that would make me feel. You know I I talk great. a lot about you know feeling valid as a trans woman and all of that. And one of the things that kind of cuts it cuts under my legs is the the typical story of you know or the the typical trans story is felt like you were in the wrong body your whole life and i never felt that so like you know i never had that strong gender dysphoria i had mild i had the, that feeling of confusion and, and lack of understanding but it wasn't a clear like i'm in the wrong body um right and then when i went out and i was dressed as myself and i was and made up and all that kind of stuff and i was getting gendered correctly uh, I, I, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for how the euphoria side of that for how great that made me feel, and it took me a little bit to realize that you know that is a valid argument for being trans. Like if if you get that euphoria from being, it's the same thing as the opposite when you know a lot of people have the dysphoria. Yeah, if you're cisgender and somebody misgenders you, you're gonna be like yo. What the hell? Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna be like, oh, thank goodness. No, no. <laughs> that feels good. <laughs> what luck have you had with finding community? Have you found a good trans community? <laughs> I mean, besides you, uh, mm-hmm. no. I just kind of I have my own circle of friends. I don't really like try to involve myself in that too much, but it is great. Like just being here being able to talk to you and mm-hmm. hopefully helping somebody <laughs> yeah with my story like as you said as your introduction to your podcast i just i think i feel well enough now where i don't really feel like i need that i just i feel like i would be supporting more than i would be getting support from it mm-hmm. if that makes sense so have have you had any um, particular uh, trans? You say you get gendered correctly a lot or or most of the time. Have you had any particular um, experiences out or um, being at school that are good, bad, or bad. yeah, good, bad? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, my family's been so supportive, but I do they get the uh, occasional dead name every now and again, and it's just like oh. That just crushes me. Mm. Or when I have to apply for a job and my name's not legally changed yet, so I basically have to come out to them and mm. be like, hey, I go by cat, not my legal name there. I used to work in a lab, too, and that's where I came out, and uh, they made me wear my name tag, even though I had to come out, and I'm like, hey, I go by cat, this is me. And uh, I'm so happy I left that job oh. because it was just such a toxic environment. Mm. Just a lot of dealing with the name thing. Like, you can misgender me. I don't, uh, like, that doesn't bother me so much. But if you don't really? call me by my name, that's what actually bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's just acknowledgement, you know? Like, if you choose to dead name me, it's just, like, it's just immediately disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes this, 
it doesn't take that much headspace to remember somebody's name for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm especially if I correct them every damn time. <laughs> I've corrected like some people like five times at my old like when I worked in a lab and it's just like come on, you're just saying this to be a jackass at this point. Yeah, right. At some point you're just like, okay, you're doing this on purpose. Like you, you yeah. you've used up your free passes long long ago and now you're just doing it to be a dick and I'm going to smack you down. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still struggling with the um, with the gendering and the the naming with the family. I, you, the main reason is I haven't pushed it really hard, and you know that that's yeah. an issue. Is you have to stick up for yourself and you have to set those boundaries. And um, I'm so glad that you've had that that high level of support from your family because it can be really hard mm -hmm. to find that. And if if they're not supporting you the way you want, it's also on top of that hard to push for yourself and advocate for yourself in that situation. You know, I, I um, yeah. was on a, a, a happy birthday call for one, somebody in my family yesterday. And after everybody else had, had bailed out me and my, uh, well, me and one brother and, um, and his family were talking and the parents gender me correctly and they're totally supportive and everything. And their, their kid, my nephew um, still calls me uncle, you know, dead name. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's really hard. Cause it's like, you know, I, I don't want to make a big deal of it, but I, I, you know, I think what we need to I do totally as trans up. people to feel happy with ourselves and to, to feel valid is to stand up for ourselves and set those boundaries. Yeah. I usually do like whatever I can to not cause conflict. It's just not worth my time. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, have you yeah, found you do, you do gotta just be like, Hey, I, I go by this. Mm hmm you know, even if it's my grandpa, like he lives in Jacksonville. I, I'd been there like maybe a year or two ago and he just like, I had come out mm. and I had explained it to him and he's still like, oh, well, you'll always be insert dead name here to me. And I'm like, dude, that is such, that is not the right thing to say. <laughs> and he would just keep calling me that. And I, I just haven't really been back since because I, I just, it's just a bad environment. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that if I don't have to, you know? Yeah. I love my grandpa, but <laughs> I just, it's not going to make me feel good to be there. My dad's there with my grandpa now because he needs assistance, but, and I would love to see my dad more, but I just can't go there because I know I'm going to leave just not feeling great. Mm. Well, yeah, I that, do that, things that make me feel good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing that's hard to to get across is if you've got somebody that's that's doing that, and and you know, um, it's hard to lay down that kind of ultimatum and and say, you know, if if you don't gender me correctly, I'm not going to come see you. I'm not going to interact with you. But you know, I I just wish there was a way for them to understand that and understand the 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 stakes and what it really means for us. Like you should maybe just say like, hey, if you're doing that, like you're making me feel bad. Like, mm -hmm. that's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, try not to do that. Yeah, that's one of the things we need now to you... do on this uh, on this show, I think, is is a course in how to, you know, they always have those courses in handling tough, um, uh, handling tough discussions, especially, like, in, the, in a work environment. And, you know, just basically, how do you deal with this situation? And then, you know, here's here's the, the correct answer. You know, because they're so tough. Like, like you kind of, hinted at you know what do you say mm -hmm. sometimes because you you don't want to start a conflict 
You want to yeah. keep it short, matter of fact, and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, but in those situations when they it doesn't sink in or they resist it or they fight against it, um, that's when it gets tougher. That's when it gets really tough. Right. Ma uh, Madison in the in the chat says that her dad called her she her for the first time today. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't that? That must be the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful, Maddie. Have you have you gotten into shopping? Do you do you find fun in that, cat? I find that very stressful. Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like I have, I've been cycling my uh, closet a bit, but. Uh, I still got a lot of my old clothes. I'll wear a t-shirt, whatever. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I think I enjoy shopping just about as much as I did before. <laughs> it hasn't really changed. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> I love shopping. So, uh, Jeremy asks, uh, you mentioned uh, you did music, but uh, they didn't hear what kind you do specifically. What what kind of uh, music oh, is it you make? Rap, hip-hop, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm not gonna freestyle here, but <laughs> I uh, I put a lot I put a lot of time into it, and uh, I don't just have that one verse that I repeat again and again, like those rappers you hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. I try to have substance in there, and I like to think my work is good. I've got like three or four songs that I'm really proud of, and they're on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Same as my username here. That's yeah, great. there's a lot of there's a lot of ones that go private, but you gotta do that. You gotta just sometimes make a song that's so bad just to get that toxic toxic mindset out. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want those thoughts just you know, if you don't if you let them sit in there, that's where they're gonna be. That's where rap does or music in general, you just get it out. Uh -huh. How do you produce your music? What software uh, and Audacity. It's a uh, um Mic recorder software, and you can um, also upload MP3 files in there. So I got some instrumentals I always work with, and mm. I just put my lyrics over that. So the music is is um, like uh, copyright free. What was that? Right, uh, people that want their music used. Okay, well that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And um, do you collaborate with specific people, or you just have a couple tracks that you've found over the years that you like to use? Right, I've, you know, I peruse YouTube and I like find people that are like, hey, use my use my music, mm. and I use their music and I send them a message. I'm like, you will check this out. This is what I did with your uh, beat there. Nice. And what's the response been? It's been good. They're always, you know, it's awesome when your work gets used. <laughs> I mean, usually they don't say too much, but they're like, yo, that's awesome. That's I love great. that. Thank you so much for using my beat. <laughs> How has dating been for you? Were you dating someone when you were transitioning? Yeah, yeah, I dated one other person. They were trans as well. And uh, they had their surgeries done. Like they got uh, top surgery. And uh, we just kind of fell off talking. You know, I'm not even sure if that was a girlfriend or not. Um, just because we never really made it official or anything. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, like a year after that, I met Adrian, who's my current boyfriend, and I've been with him for almost three, three, four years. Yeah, he's great, and he knew like from the get-go, like, hey, I'm trans. He lives in Colombia. Oh wow! And I've I've been there to visit, um, 
for a few weeks and it was the happiest I've ever been in my life. But it's a struggle right now because we can't travel, you know, like because of COVID. If you try to buy tickets right now, you'll get smacked in the face with a page that just says, hey, no airline travel right now. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's been so supportive, so great. And, you know, doesn't treat me any different than... Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you guys you know, met online then? That was me for me. Yeah, yeah. That, how else would I meet? How else would I meet somebody from Colombia spiritually? That's, that's, <laughs> what I would, that's what I would think. Um, so there was. Did you, did you guys not even have to have any conversations about the fact that you were trans? Well, of course we had those conversations. You know, it kind of started with that. Yeah, it doesn't really get brought up that much anymore, unless I'm like, hey, you know, it makes me happy when you do this or that. You know, whatever. It's just kind of a backseat thing in the relationship. It's not something we talk about all the time. You know, mm-hmm. we're a couple and we do a couple of things. What um, what kind of wisdom have you learned or things that you've learned along the way that um, would really have helped you when you were starting or getting ready to start your transition or come out? Man, what would I have told my past self? I mean, obviously, I would have just told my past self, like, yo, don't, don't stress so much, just tell your family <laughs> like they're going to be supportive but uh the biggest thing is to realize that coming out is the first step like you're not going to really do anything more until you come out i mean that depends on your age too but that's step one and you got to take that into account like until you come out you're not really going to be making any progress you know yeah like some... you have to self-analyze a lot you have to figure out if it's the right choice for you and do a lot of research. Don't just jump into it. You know, you really have to ask yourself if it's, if it's right. It's not just like a fun thing to do. No. Like some people, I feel like they never uh, saw a therapist or anything. I would say see a therapist, even if you have the option not to, mm. see someone, talk to someone that understands that stuff. It's so important. Like, I learned so much about myself just from seeing a therapist and I only did it because it was a requirement, but like it seriously, just six months with somebody that understands that, that specializes in gender therapy. Yes. That, that is really what is going to make you accept yourself in a way like you're gonna be like is this what i have to do and i would like to add on to that when you're seeing a a therapist don't be afraid to fire them don't be afraid to try multiple people make sure you you give yourself that out to go and explore and find someone that really does click with you in the way that you need you know it's it's about you and and your need they work for you just make sure you find somebody that fits with you I was about to say that too. I'm like, they're working for you, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You're not there to, like, you really, if it's not working, you just cut them off. You say, hey, whatever, see you, you know? Yeah. They're therapists, they're not your pal. Like, mm-hmm. of course, you're going to form a bond with them, but <laughs> find someone better if it's not working out. <laughs> just ask them, ask them for a suggestion for somebody else. Like, it's not going to come off as offensive to them. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for they know people they can probably find you somebody better Mm. yeah that's good advice too um if you're looking for a better therapist actually ask your therapist (laughs) 
Yeah, and just highlight the things that you're that that you feel like you specifically need more help on and more explore, exploration on, and you know, yeah, they ask for their advice on on who is specifically focused on that or who who they who you can go to to get a, a second perspective if you want to soften it a little bit. As someone who ended up coming out twice, uh, you know, you mentioned coming out early and and you know getting it out there and, and dealing with it. Um, do you have any regrets or, or do you have anything that you would change in that? Would you have held off longer before coming out the first time? Or was that a necessary step to get you where I, you got to? I think it was a necessary step because it was, because that kind of set me down a path of like accepting a lot of, just accepting that I'm me, you know, like mm -hmm. Yin Yang just accepting all edges of it but uh i mean i'm the worst person to ask like a time travel question to because i always hold like i would never ever 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 change anything about my past hmm. because i gotta i gotta keep it the same so i can be me if i change anything about my past then i wouldn't have the experiences i had i wouldn't be who i am today even if it's like you know i needed I needed to go to circles of care. I needed to deal with so much bad shit. Like I probably would have left my job sooner, mm -hmm. but I ha I went through it. Now I, I, you know, made me who I am. Whatever. That's a really important perspective. That's wonderful. You know, I think that's that's an important message for people in coming out. Is even if you're not sure, like start talking to people about this because the very first and most important thing to do is to build up your support net network to come out to and talk openly with the people that you know are going to support you and build that circle behind you so that you can t have some of the harder conversations with some people you know talk to and then talk to family and talk to a spouse or, or you know whoever that you're afraid to tell it's so important to have that support network and the earlier you start having these conversations the easier it is for you to have the conversations, to know more about yourself, to, to have the conversations. So, um, like I said, it, it's that's a very important step. Right. That's something a therapist will help you out with a lot too. If you see them before coming out, like there, you can just ask them, like you know, how do I how do I come out to my family? Like, and it's so helpful, mm. like to just hear their take on it. Yeah. And they don't they don't just give you an answer. They're like help you form your own answer to that <laughs> but yeah you learn a lot more from the bad things that happen to you than the good things sadly so if you're struggling you try to take something from it well if no one else has any other questions i'm gonna wrap this up and and let you get going cat i i've had a really um, great time having you here thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your deeply personal story <laughs> well i'm happy to have share it with you and anybody who is around to hear it as happy to be here thanks for having me you can find her on twitch at cats have ears and you can find her on youtube under the same name uh, again thank you so much for for coming cat and everybody have a great night thanks for listening to this episode of the transgender show from the transverse network watch the full video version of the show live tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well 
If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash thetransverse. 